Local Edge, powered by Ad Canada Media. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Local Edge, your show for better understanding and connecting with small communities in Canada. Here, we bring you the latest news, insights, and the trends from the world of local advertising and marketing. I am your host, Shauna Randolph, pleased to be with you here today. And on this show, we're going to be focusing on why some larger companies can't make it happen in smaller communities, yet somehow local investors can. Why is that? We're going to be talking with three local publishers, one in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, to find out their magic formula. They're going to be sharing some secrets with us. That is all coming up right here on today's edition of The Local Edge. Disposable diapers can slowly pollute a parent's budget. The average household disposed of $42 annually in Quebec, while in Alberta and Saskatchewan, it worked out to be a little more stinky at $66 per household. For targeted data like this and to get a better understanding of connecting with local markets, please visit adcanadamedia.ca. Brandy Fredrickson is the owner-publisher of the Drayton Valley Free Press in Alberta and one of our first ever guests on The Local Edge. Happy to have her with us again. Lana Meyer is the owner-publisher of the Altona Rhineland Voice, Carmen Dufferin Standard, Gimli Weekly Express News, Selkirk Record, Stonewall Toulon Tribune, and the Winkler Morden Voice, all in Manitoba. Very busy lady there. And Kate Winquist is the owner-publisher of the Hannah Harvest Sky Sentinel, the Owen Echo in Alberta, plus the Car Robert Chronicle and the Kindersley Your West Central Voice in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the three of you. Very, very pleased to have you on the local edge today. Thank you. Morning. Okay, I have so much to cover here. I just want to start with this whole perspective. Each of you have your own history of starting local newspapers once a big corporate uh, daily has closed down publishing in your community. So I just want to go through each of you, basically why you tried this when a big company did not make it, what you thought you'd accomplish, and, and just going from there. So let's start with you, Brandy. You were actually an employee at the time of this competitor that left. Once they closed down, what did you do? Um, yeah, so there was a bit of a time gap between the time that I had worked for the competitor and the time that I had started this newspaper. Um, I did keep in contact with the people that I had worked with and um, and I guess um, in terms of starting something new, there was an element of uh, Pollyanna under unawareness, um, a little bit of maybe we could try it and do it a bit better and a bit of I think the community really needs this. Um, so with the free press being a smaller paper, we were able to be nimble. Um, we were able to, uh, I think what we've done is we've really uh, put emphasis on the value of, it's not just the reporters connecting with the community, it's also your sales staff, it's also your admin staff, everybody brings in their own circle that they know. And I think um, what happened with the large corporate was that they were pulling and centralizing a lot of things. So you're taking away a lot of those local influencers in the community um, that are no longer now representing your publication. Okay, Kate, your perspective, what happened with you? Well, basically I, I grew up in the Kindersley area. That's where I was born and raised. And at the time uh, when the pandemic hit, I actually was working for a larger corporation in southwest corner of the province. 
and I saw it as an opportunity, um, you know, once I had my wage cut and uh, commission slashed, and I just said to my husband, you know, I think there's an opportunity in Kindersley, you know, it's a community surrounding area, about 20,000 people, and uh, so I just took a chance one day and took my daughter, and we drove around. I still have friends there, a few family members, and I thought, you know, I think we can do this. So it was uh, just a leap of faith, really, and we haven't looked back. Added three more publications. So, wow. So that's basically how it got started. Okay, yeah, and we're going to hear more from all of you about how things are going, but then just with, with Lana, how did things get started with you? Why did you decide that you could make this work? Well, I didn't know for sure if I could make it work when I started, but uh, community newspapers were part of me from the day I was born. My dad actually owned newspapers and then I worked for him before we sold out to the um, Quebecore Giants, which was the Pelado family at the time. Over the years, there was some transitions. I stayed on with the company. And then in 2008, there was some shifting going on corporately. We were going through a digital model, cookie cutters, and uh, I just didn't believe I already had been running quite a few newspapers at that point for the corporation previously for my father and um, changing the whole landscape of how we do things and taking the local out of the community newspapers didn't sit well with me. We fought for two years about it, 2008, 2009, 2010. I just could not understand the reason why we were doing that and I say every community was different in its own ways. And uh, on January 4th of 2010, I was told that I needed to incorporate the corporate strategy or um, move on. So I chose to move on and realized after six months that I was really upset with my decision because I love newspapers and the importance of them in the community, supporting our history, connecting people to build communities. And it just was so passionate with me. And I just couldn't understand why the corporation saw that it was not as, and I, I know that in a corporation, the profits were the most important part, but the newspaper is the most important part. And if you are serving your communities, the local businesses are supporting you and it just kind of works together. And I truly believed that being local, when I shared the importance of the community newspaper and what our purpose was, I felt that I could start newspapers up on my own, which I did start uh, with three, which we've now grown to six. And then we do a summer one actually for Victoria is our seventh. Wow. Okay, back to you for a second here, Brandy. Um, you are multitasking. <laughs> I know as you're talking to us right now, it's delivery day, you're just hands to the ground and that sort of thing. Um, is that one of the reasons why it's, it's working because of all that hard work? Or to give us a reason overall why yeah, you're succeeding. Well, I think, um, I think, I mean, part of it is obviously being in it, right? So like you, you are, you're not just uh, managing it from a, uh, some corporate office somewhere else it's you're actually in it you have face-to-face -face contact with a lot of our clients and our customers you know i'm answering phones and talking to people who are subscribers right along with our admin staff as well as everything else i kind of fill in the gaps so like if we need some additional stories on things i'm doing that too so you're still very much in touch with the community as a whole um, and the community beat, um, where the, you know, where the trends are going and those kind of things in the community. So I think that has an element because I, I think it allows us to, um, respond to those, um, 
those, whether it's themes, so say for example, uh, Drayton Valley there in 2015 went through basically an oil and gas um, crisis along with the rest of Alberta. And it, it allows us to be able to respond to those. We, we're not tone deaf when it comes to that stuff. Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, the other part is I have an awesome team. Like I have um, admin staff that worked for those similar to Kate's story. They had worked for the, the corporations and they got cut. Their jobs got cut, their hours got cut. And they are very much specialists in their own right in what they're doing. Our, our editor's been at it for 25 years, our admin staff. Honestly, part of the startup was a lot of information I was able to, we were able to work things out together. She knew a lot of uh, how the administrative component of a newspaper ran, whereas when I used to work with the newspaper, I was only in the editorial, right? So so there was a lot of that. And, and I think that all plays into it. You know, you got these passionate staff, you got your finger in the community, and people see you, like they, they see you in the grocery store. They tell you story ideas while you're in checkout line at the grocery store. And I think that's all part of it is that you're a visceral part of the community. Wow, so we've heard everybody from Brandy and, and even the support from the community. So now to you, Kate, now you were mentioning in the introduction here, you've, you've started three new newspapers. It's just growing, it was a big risk. Um, give us a, a perspective of, of your success. Well, I mean, it has grown a lot larger than I anticipated for sure. I, you know, I was quite content with just the one and Oyen just kind of fell in my lap. That's only about an hour away from Kindersley, virtually given to me a lady, again, the, you know, lifelong publisher that was just ready to retire, health reasons and whatnot. So we added that and then just, it just kept growing. Um, but I too have a passionate staff we're we're not a very large staff but lots of experience between four of us i think we've got you know close to 150 years newspaper experience so so yeah we all enjoy what we do i think the the printer's ink runs in one's blood once you get in the industry and prints alive and well at least it is in west central saskatchewan and east central alberta you know it's just i can't uh I can't stress that enough. Keep everything local. People <laughs> yeah. still love the newspapers. <laughs> well, and you get a really good response from people in your community too, right? Readers, business community, oh, leaders. Most definitely. Yeah. Like even when I was starting from scratch and, you know, I thought, well, you know, I need 300 subscribers to start. That's why I, I posted it on Facebook. And, and the response, like before I even put out a product, I, I have a picture that I posted on my personal socials of all the you know, the envelopes with all these, you know, the beautiful script handwriting from, you know, it's a, it's a lot of the older people, of course, that, you know, that's what they grew up with. Um, you know, newspapers are the original social media. So, I mean, yeah, we, we're here to stay. Yeah. And, I truly believe that. And Lana, you're expanding <laughs> as well. And we've had you on the show before, and it's nice to hear that things are still going well for you. So um, what is the response in, in the community? What are you hearing from people to make you continue pushing forward? I think the biggest thing when we first launched was three papers, and then there were other corporate papers in the communities the, in other towns, and those papers when the, the pandemic hit, they were actually shut down. So we had mayors and economic development, development officers calling us and saying, our local paper just shut down, we need a paper. So we reached, we responded and uh, came out with a paper. 
we've got, I mean, I'm not in all of my communities, but I have, again, also like the other gals, very, very passionate staff, lots of experience. And um, we really rely on the community. I stress to the community that paper is owned by you and it's accessible to share information with us. And go to the grocery store in my local community. I, I mean, I get stories everywhere, right? But we also use social media for stories and sharing stories. I love watching Twitter when I, a sports game comes out and there's photos and the young kids who are supposedly never reading newspapers, they're sharing it all across the social media platform. Mm -hmm. Walk into an arena and the boys are texting my kids already, I see your mom's at the paper today, am I going to be in it? You know, so the young people are reading papers as much as people say that it's an old dying industry. I do not agree with it. Uh, I can't be more excited about our industry. I see it grow every day. We have new businesses calling us and saying, you know, we've been trying to do stuff on social media. It's not working. Uh, I understand that, you know, these customers that have been with you from the beginning. They're getting great response and uh, they want to do something. So every week we have contracts again this week i had a call and uh, it was a ten thousand dollar contract that we signed uh this guy's buying a quarter pick dad for 52 weeks of the year and uh he can't be more excited i mean it helps us on the bottom line and it gives us that opportunity to be able to put more news in the paper so it's going well and uh, i say i'm like the other gals it's a it's a lot of work it's passion and I, I, I've dabbled in every side of it, whether it's ad sales or laying out the paper, doing writing stories, and the staff are the same. If they see a story idea, they screenshot something, they send it to me, and uh, we've got a news reporter on it right away. So it's good, and it's working for us. You know, there's this perspective, and I want to address this out there, that when one of these big corporate dailies leaves a small community, that the sky is falling, that uh, that's it for, for coverage in a community. Um, but we don't even hear of the success stories. It kind of stops there. Any of you want to weigh in on that perspective? Well, I'll jump in here. <laughs> um, I'm relatively new with our publication in Hannah. We're only going into our fourth week. But, um, you know, we, we made a commitment to the town and said, you know, we're going to be, this is going to be your local paper. They're, they're served by, you know, a, a regional newspaper. But they said, you know, it's, it's too, too broad of an area where they wanted more of that local feel. I mean, Hannah's, what, 2,700 people. They, they deserve that local coverage. Um, so we made you know the decision we're going to put out this product kind of just here we are and the response has been really really good we're we're direct mailing you know i think it's 2300 papers um hannah being the main component to that uh, the town has has jumped on board they have actually they've signed an agreement with us for 18 months they they have quit doing their direct mail to their you know, they're uh, taxpayers and now they're using their local paper because we're serving that area that they need to get the word out. <laughs> what more is there to say? What, what? I mean, yeah, if you've got the town behind you, you're, I think you're away for sure. And we've, we've signed up another couple of advertisers for, they said, we'll, we'll try it for three months, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm optimistic that, you know, we'll get a, a few more on board and yeah. We'll see how it goes. Brandy, I see you want to say something. <laughs> I think too, like just just prior to uh, our our corporate component um, 
closing office and stuff and moving strictly to, I think they moved to strictly to online. Um, prior to that, outside of basically the front page picture being a local um, picture, there would be maybe one story locally in there. The rest of the stuff was uh, coming out of the city. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't necessarily, at least like when uh, we had originally talked to both our town and county about this idea of a local paper and those kind of things. Um, it wasn't originally, uh, oh my goodness, you're going to be competing. It was, well, we see that the product is dwindling. It's not what it used to be. Um, the coverage isn't what it used to be. Um, and basically, I think on a, on a community level, people all understand that um, those community stories is what pulls it together. So even if you have a, a print product that's going out there that really has one photo and one story of a community, that 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 does not make a, a paper. It doesn't make a local paper for a, spe a specific area. Um, so I think when we when we opened up and we had said like you know local news first, local news always. That's kind of basically what we've geared on is we we wanted local faces in the paper. We want local stories. Uh, we're going, you know, deeper on some of those stories, talking to the coaches, things like that. Um, we don't cover the a lot of the provincial things unless, obviously, it's very pertinent to Drayton Valley. But um, a lot of it is we know that there are provincial and national news coverage that comes from larger corporations. We're very focused on our local community and the region that's in it, that surrounds it. Yeah, you just mentioned something there. I want to touch on Brandy about when a corporate daily kind of leaves the actual hard copy print service in the community, they still say, hey, you can still catch us online. But as I'm hearing from all three of you is that it's not done by people within the community that know the local sports, that know the the community makers, shakers and makers, you know. And so I think that's a big misconception out there. Am I right? That's absolutely correct, Shauna. Yeah. It, um, like that's the thing is that I think eventually what happens is that you, once you take away the staff, you take away the print product, you take away the stories and the photos, you're left with basically just a masthead. And I mean, in Drayton, the the paper name is old. It was, you know, it's a 40, I believe 40, 50 year old name, um, which does carry a lot of weight. But if there's nothing within that name, it's it's a shell. It, it's, you can't, you can't carry a, a a product is not just a meme, and I think unfortunately our uh, the, the competitors have basically gutted that product down to being nothing more than just a masthead, which people are not dumb. They know that there, there's nothing there for them. There's nothing there that them grip onto to see to get engaged with. I see Lana nodding on that one. Lana, I totally agree. But I also, in my situation, I'm not as hands-on. In, in my communities with the other pub publications. And, but the corporation was there. I, I always struggled because I believe that they could have been successful if they would have just used their staff. And I, so in my community, where in the Northern Interlake area, I don't have staff actually living in several of my communities, but we do provide a good paper. It is totally local. So we share, I mean, the community are happy to take photos for us. They submit photos. Um, we watch electronically on the other social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for different story ideas to how community is reacting to things. And then we reach out to those people. So we're, I, you can still cover a community newspaper, a local community newspaper well, utilizing your community, not living in that community, which that was the part that I, I struggled with that 
corporation didn't feel that they could do that, that it was going to be this shell publication and it was just going to be cookie cutter news that, you know, if there was a gardening article in Drayton Valley or Calgary, Montreal or Stonewall, it was going to be across the country and there would be somebody reading it. I always agreed with that, but it did not down to the local community. It didn't talk about, you know, how the taxes were being increased. If there was a wastewater lagoon issue, reverse osmosis controversy, you know, if there was going to be a new um, sands community and how it's going to affect the drinking water in those, that was never part of the, you know, in the bigger world of the corporate, but those are very important topics that go on in those local communities. So I think you're still able to cover them without actually living in those communities. If you make it your passion and you want it to be, I mean, you have to connect to people. You have to talk to the RMs in the towns. You talk to the Chamber of Commerce president. You, know, you talk to the business owners. And uh, as long as you're able to connect and commute and talk to those people, then I think you can run a successful paper without actually living in the community itself. But you do have to listen to the community. Mm -hmm. Brandy? Yeah. And you have to give oh, back. Kate and then Brandy. Go ahead, Kate. I was just going to say, you have to give back to the community. It's, it's. I mean, obviously we're, we're in this to make money, but it doesn't have, you know, we don't have to make money on everything that you do. We want to show the communities that we're here for the long haul. And, you know, I always ask them, you know, when they ask me for a rate card and, oh, how much is this? What's your budget? What, what, what do you want to spend? And we'll work with that. And that's been a good you know, a, a good thing for us. You know, maybe we don't get rate card price all the time, but we, we will work with our nonprofits and people respect that. Just, you know, like they say, be kind, be kind. <laughs> do unto others. And it's been successful. Yeah. Brandy. Yeah, I think um, like to what Lana was saying, I mean, we do do that on a bit of a smaller scale when it comes to our surrounding regions. So Drayton Valley is the primary area, but we also go out to Bratton, Winfield, Evansburg, Antwistle. There's a there's about a 40 kilometer radius there that on my delivery days today, um, if there's something that, you know, I've been asked to take a picture of, I'll take a picture of. But essentially, it's those communities in which we do more of a, an outreach component. So if there's, you know, an RCMP uh, brief that comes in that pertains to Buck Lake or whatever, I mean, we'll cover that. Um, we'll do that, you know, if there's things that come up that we've heard that's come up, like, well, take for example, there was the Drayton Valley wildfires, there was also the Evansburg Entwistle wildfires, like we had covered both of those, um, because they are part of our delivery region. None of us live in Evansburg or Entwistle. I mean, I have historical family ties to Breton and all their flats, but outside of that, we don't live in those areas. They are very small areas. We do do some coverage on them. Um, but yes, that's, uh, as Lana was saying, that's basically how we're able to tackle some of those smaller regional little hamlets and villages in our area. Uh, one more thing I just want to touch on quickly, just any of you chime in. Um, it, it's about the temptation for people that don't live in the community um, that want to do online advertising within your community. So going, you know, through the internet and buying the ads and that sort of thing. Uh, any of you just quickly, what... Do you feel that advertising agencies, people should know about reaching audiences that way and tracking it? I, I can answer that. I mean, we have Google Analytics on all of our papers so we can see exactly who's reading our paper. And I find it rather interesting because when we look at the numbers, we have probably in a circulation of 15,000, 3,000 readers within 
our radius that we distribute to read the paper online the day before they actually get the hard copy. And when you talk to people, I'll reach out and say, why do you read it online? And the first thing is to say, oh, we like to see what, what's going to be in the paper, but they love to sit down on when they've got the time to read through all the ads, the rest of the paper, when they've got, you know, they've seen the top line news, but now they want to actually see the whole, they want to read all the articles. So I think it's important. I mean, we have the Google Analytics that, I mean, you can tell the national agencies that we've got the readership there. We can see who's reading the paper. We see where they're reading it from, whether it's someone who lives live in the town, they're reading it online from another province now. But the majority of our readership is actually local. Yeah, Brandy, we talked about that before. And then Kate, I'll have you quickly weigh in. Brandy. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, basically, like to go a bit deeper with Lana saying there, it's a very similar scenarios, right? Like we are very direct. So we have a, a list of email subscribers in which we, you know, directly email them the paper. We have created, so within those digital issues, there's a click through URLs or telephone numbers in which so people can interact with the ads. Um, we do track those click throughs, we track, um, we have analytics as well and stuff. But the one thing that I find uh, that I think people, they understand after they've spent money on uh, online advertising is that basically your paper is much more direct to the, to the local population than what, um, like say if you're looking at Google ads or even Facebook ads, I mean, they work on a bid, they work on a bid process. So if you do not have the budget in which to outbid somebody else in your same marketplace, say it's fitness, if you don't have a high enough budget to out, outbid some of those people, you're not getting the same kind of play as what you would get when I can say, look, we're sending this out to 3,000 email subscribers, sorry, 4,000 email subscribers. We have a 95% open rate. I can track the clicks that are going to these particular ads. Like it's very, um, it has actually brought a bit of a scientific component to the advertising side of newspapers, but it's also very direct to, to customers, the customer's eyeballs in which um, I think, I think as it pertains to rural communities, some of the online advertising, I mean, I've done some of the digital marketing things prior to doing the newspaper on that. Um, I think as it pertains to rural communities, it is not the same at all as how it pertains to urban communities because we don't have the populations. Uh, we don't have, like, in order to get as specific as we are, you basically are drilling down your demographic to too small of a population to be able to, um, actually get the traction that you need, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, Kate. Well, we, we basically, we have a hybrid approach to our, uh, our print and our online, um, where we use our online to help support our print product, uh, more of the marketing aspect. We do have, you know, we have different websites for all our products, different social media for all our products. We do collect the analytics, we do watch our competitors, you know, to see see where we sit. Um, so yeah, online is, like, we utilize it, but it's not intended to replace our print. Print is always going to be the number one for us. Uh, what is starting to work, we've offered um, what we call our Print Plus program, where if you buy an ad in our print products, we will promote it at some point during the month or if it's a you know a time sensitive ad we will promote it on our social media as well so people they seem to like that we don't charge extra for that mm -hmm. but you have to buy the print product first so that's how we're 
kind of working with with the online as well. Wow. So bottom line, what I'm hearing from you, it's so important to have local people run the local paper. And what a great perspective to hear from Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, all through technology, <laughs> through the uh, the airwaves. Thank you very much to the three of you for joining us today. Thank Thanks you. for inviting us. That's Brandy Fredrickson. She is the owner-publisher of the Drayton Valley Free Press in Alberta. Lana Meyer, the owner-publisher of several Manitoba newspapers. And Kate Winquist, she is the owner-publisher of newspapers in both Saskatchewan and Alberta. Arts and crafts, very popular during the pandemic, and the fondness for the hobby is still going strong in Prince Edward Island, where each household spent an average of $66 per year. For more data like this and a better understanding of connecting with local markets, visit adcanadamedia.ca. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today on The Local Edge. Again, I'm your host, Shauna Randolph. For additional information and extended interviews, be sure to subscribe to the Local Edge podcast on any of the major platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, and more, whatever works for you. Also, check out our website. It is adcanadamedia.ca. And don't hesitate to tell your friends, business colleagues, everybody spread the word. Thank you again for joining us on the Local Edge. See you next time. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.